Alright, well Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23 this morning. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you all really a pretty simple question, I guess. It's uh it's a, there's an easy answer to this. However, a lot of times, you know, it's important just to kind of stop for a little bit and think about some of the things that we say. You know, there's a lot of things I think we just kind of take them for granted and, and we just we don't take the time to meditate on the word of God enough and just put things together. You know, I, I love just fitting all the different scriptures together in the Bible and just seeing the way they you know, the harmony of the Scriptures and the way they all go together. There's so many wonderful things that we can learn. But I want to, I want to read a passage of Scripture to you. Then I just want to kind of ask you a question. I want to, and I'm going to make a statement that is, that is going to sound, you know, you're, at first you're going to think that is not true, but, but it is true. But, um, but we need to think about it a little bit. And it will cause us, I think, to see something in the Scriptures that should be a help to us and really could be a help to us. And this morning what I want to talk about is why there is forgiveness. I'm going to preach a message on forgiveness this morning and why there is forgiveness. I think it's something we take for granted sometimes. But Luke chapter 23, verse 37, this is, of course, the crucifixion. Jesus is dying on the cross. And while He's dying on this cross, you all know the story, but the things that are being said to Him were just terrible. The way He was mocked. And in verse 37... It says, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And the superscription was also written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is king of the Jews. And they, I think they put that sign there just trying to um, you know, make fun, really, more than anything. And I forgot, to, I, I actually started a little too late. But in verse 34, Let's start at verse 35. It says, And the people stood beholding Him, and the rulers also with Him derided Him, saying, He saved others. Let Him save Himself. If He be the Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked Him and coming to Him and offering Him vinegar. So notice the way Jesus is being treated on this cross. I mean, it's bad enough just the beating that He's taken. You know, the whipping that He took. The having nails driven through His hands and feet. I mean, the crown of thorns in his head. We know this story. We know all that he went through. But while he's up there, I mean, he's just taking this verbal abuse from people. And notice what he said in verse 33 before this passage is where it mentions all that's being said to him, all that's going on. It says, And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. The male factors, one on the right hand, the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Okay, so in this story, we see Jesus saying, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." And we could speculate for a little bit. Well, who's he talking about? Is he talking about the two thieves that it just mentioned that he was in between, or is he talking about the soldiers that are parting his garment while he's there paying for the sins of the world? They're gambling for his robe. Is he talking about the people that were mocking him and making fun of him, or is he talking about? All mankind, you and I included, is that who he's talking about? And you know, I, I believe he's talking about everybody. I think I'm included in that statement. But notice how he says, "Father, forgive them." He calls on God to forgive us of our sins. And some, I, we just need to think about this a little bit because let's think about who Jesus is talking to. He's, he's talking to God. 
He's talking to God who is a holy God, one who's without sin, one who's righteous, one who is just. Okay, And here's the truth. God can't, can't really forgive sin and still be holy. He can't just let sin go. He can't let things slide and there not be any consequences for that. He, I mean, you and I, we hate it when we see somebody commit a terrible crime and they get away with it. And how could God be holy and just forgive someone of their sin and just let that sin go? There, and the truth is, there's a reason that He is able to do that. There is a reason that God is able to do it because God is holy. God is righteous. He can't just let sin go. He can't just forgive sin. But there, he, uh, he does forgive sin. And He's able to do that because of Jesus Christ. See, go to 1 John chapter 2 and verse 12. 1 John 2 verse 12. See, we get forgiveness of sin. Not because of us. It's not just because we asked. It's not because we said, you know, Lord, forgive me. We get forgiveness of sin because of Jesus Christ. Not because of us. 1 John 2.12 says, I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven you for His name's sake. You see, God is a holy God. God is a just God. He cannot just let sin go. He cannot let sin be unpunished and still be holy, still be righteous, still be just. And the truth is, He didn't. Jesus Christ paid for our sins. He paid for it. And I know this is elementary stuff here, but I'm going somewhere with this. He paid for our sins. He made, so He made that payment. So now, God can forgive our sins. God can forgive us and still be righteous. God can love us and God can bless us and God can allow us into heaven and God still remain holy, righteous, and just. He can still do all that. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus paid for our sins, we are able to get forgiveness. I think sometimes we forget that's why we get forgiveness. We think we should get forgiveness just because we ask. And the truth is, we get forgiveness because we ask, but we are, God's able to do that because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Because He paid for our sins. And it was Jesus Christ who prayed and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus is asking the Father to forgive us and God forgives us on behalf of Jesus Christ. He is able to do that. See, a holy God cannot forgive sin. He has to demand payment, and he did. First John two one and two says, "My little children, these things I uh, things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous." And then verse two, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. I think we forget sometimes as Christians. That about Jesus Christ being our advocate with the Father. God is holy. He is just. And yet, we still sin sometimes, don't we? We still make mistakes. And God, being holy and being just, should you know, kill us or punish us. But He doesn't, does He? You know why? Because we have an advocate. Jesus Christ. He's the one who... Lord, I took care of their sins. Lord, I paid... For their sins, and God is able to remain holy and remain just and forgive us of our sins. And all credit for that goes to Jesus Christ. Were it not for what Jesus did, God would not be able to forgive us. 
We've got people all the time, you know, that say that, you know, there's no way there can be a hell. There's, that's, that's impossible. God would not send anyone to hell. Listen, God has to send people to hell. He is holy. He is just. That is what we deserve. But thank God we can get forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And that's why Jesus Christ is the only way. Listen, you can go and you can ask forgiveness in the name of Muhammad, but God's not going to hear that. Because Muhammad didn't pay for anyone for anyone's sins. It was Jesus Christ that did it. And God forgives us for his namesake. And I think and we all love that. We're all thankful for that. <clears throat> Frog in the throat. And God has asked us, He wants us to be forgiven to other people. And we all we all know that. But you know what? Christian people, we ought to be the most forgiving people in the world. It ought to be easy for us to forgive. And you know, sometimes I feel like you have to preach messages sometimes just you know, telling people, forgive people, forgive people. You know, Get over it. Get over it. Get past it. And the truth is, as I was studying for this message about forgiveness and just the very fact that the only reason God can forgive is because of what Jesus Christ did, I guess it's causing me to look at forgiveness in kind of another light. And I guess if, what I want to try to do this morning is I want to appeal to your, I don't know, your sinfulness and and maybe use some reverse psychology to maybe get you more likely to where you're more likely to be forgiving to other people. Because here's the thing. When we understand the fact that God could not forgive us were it not for what Jesus Christ did on the cross, it really shows us that forgiveness is a miraculous thing. That forgiveness is an amazing ability that came from Jesus Christ. It was something that God couldn't even do without Jesus' death on the cross. God couldn't have done that. God could not have just forgiven our sins and said, you know what, fine, I'm going to let it go. Everyone can go to heaven anyway. God couldn't do that were it not for the cross. If it were not for the cross, we talked about the cross last week, God would not be able to forgive. And yet, as Christians... Sometimes we act like we can't forgive. But yet we believe we're saved. We believe in the cross. And we have this attitude, I can't, I can't forgive. But listen, I don't want to tell you today that you have to forgive. I want to tell you today that we can forgive. We have the ability to forgive. We have the ability to let things go. How do we have that? Where does that come from? Well, I want to show you a few things in the Scripture. But first off, as Christians, okay, as, as Christians today, there's in uh, in Hebrews. We're not going to. I'm not going to go back and teach some of those lessons. But we've been talking about this a lot, going through Hebrews in Sunday school. As Christians, we basically are what should be considered spiritual grown-ups, okay. And the Bible talks a lot about those who want to go back to the Old Testament ways. We talked some about that last week, and the Bible kind of compares that them to like being children, okay. We've moved past those Old Testament laws. We've gotten past the you know eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. We've got past the ceremonial laws, and we now you know have Christ. The, the cross, Jesus has died on the cross. We now have forgiveness of sins, and we have the ability to forgive people of sins. And I want to show you some things in the scriptures that help maybe help you understand this a little better. Because if, if you are, if you're a spiritual grown up, you ought to be able to forgive. Okay, you know. We get mad at our kids for fighting sometimes, don't we? And getting mad and holding grudges. But you know, 
kids actually get over things sometimes a lot faster than adults do, don't they? And if we are mature as Christians, if we are mature spiritually, we should be able to forgive really anything. We ought to be able to do it. And Colossians 2.13 says, and we looked at this verse last week, "...and you being dead in your sins..." And the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Okay? Now, how did he forgive us all trespasses? How did he forgive us of breaking all those Old Testament laws? He did it by blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Remember, we talked about that last week. He nailed it to his cross, he completed it. He paid for it. And because He did that, He can forgive us of all of our trespasses. And then in chapter 3, verse 12, says, "...put on therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye." And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. That there, when it says the bond of perfectness, it's talking about completion. Okay, if you are grown up spiritually, you are able to do that. You're able to forbear one another. Okay, to forbear somebody. I mean, you got to put up with some people. You're going to have to put up with some things as a church. We're going to have to put up with each other. We're going to have to forbear each other. We're going to have to forgive one another. There's going to be quarrels that happen, and we've got to get past that. Forgiving, and we see here as we when we look at forgiveness and what it took for God to be able to forgive, and then to see that God has said, "As Christ forgave you, so also do ye." Right there, that proves all the times we're commanded to forgive that we now have the power to forgive. And you know, can you imagine, you know, if you had the power or the ability to forgive someone of a massive debt? That they owed. Okay, now it would really be nice if we can we could forgive people of debts they owed somebody else. Wouldn't that be nice? But that's not what we're talking about. Hey, you know, you owe, you owe the credit card company five thousand dollars. I forgive you. You don't have to pay it. Obviously, that doesn't work. But sometimes there might be things that people owe us that maybe you couldn't afford to forgive. Okay, I mean, if I loaned everybody, you know, if I if I loan somebody, you know, thousand dollars and they can't pay it back, you know. I guess I could forgive, but boy, it's going to be really hard. <laughs> you know, and, and I can only do that to a certain extent, and I'm going to get myself in trouble because I have limited resources. All right? you know, I've got to survive, and if, if I just keep loaning and loaning and loaning and get nothing back, I'm going to be in trouble. I don't have that ability. You know, I wish I could just give people whatever and just forgive it. Say, ah, just keep it. I've got, I've got plenty of those. I wish I could do that. I can't do that. But when it comes to forgiveness, we can do that. We can forgive people. We have that ability. We have that ability. Why? Because God gave us that ability. He gave it to us through Jesus Christ. If someone sins against you, you have the power. You have the ability to forgive, to forgive them. And I hope I'm getting this across to you because we, do. we have the wrong mindset. I don't want to forgive them. Or I'll forgive him because I have to. What? Wait a minute. No, this is exciting. You have the ability to forgive someone. If you sin against me, okay. If somebody steals from me, according to the Old Testament law, you should restore it fourfold. Okay. That's according to the law. 
That's what you owe me. You steal $100 from me. You owe me $400. That's the law. That's what's right. But as a Christian, I have the power to say, you know what? You don't owe me anything. If you do something to me, if you say something bad, you know, bad about me, if you're going around spreading rumors and you, you know, get people t- turned against me and cause me all kinds of grief and trouble, you should pay dearly for something like that. I mean, a false witness, that's something that's very wicked in the Bible. You deserve to be punished. Bad things should happen to you, but I have the ability as a Christian, I can say, you know what? I forgive you of that. And nothing happened to you. I don't know if we understand just how big of a deal that is being able to forgive people of sins they do against us. God has given us that ability. In fact, He's told us to do it. And if He he wouldn't tell us to do something we don't have the ability to do, but yet many times we like to talk about all that's been done to us, all that's happened to us, and we're like, I can't forgive. No, you don't understand the power we have as Christians. We do have the power. We do have the authority. A lot of times we think, no... This is just too bad. These people need to be punished. Yeah, according to the law. They should be punished. But you have the power to take that away from them and to not have them be punished. And you know what? Many Christians, the way the attitude that we have with this is we think, okay, well, I'll forgive them because that way God can get them. And I admit I've done that before. It's like, all right, fine. You know what? I know vengeance belongs to God, uh, but you know what? I'm going. I'll forgive them, but you folks are in trouble because now the Lord's after you. But actually, when we forgive, we have the ability to take that consequence away from them. We have that authority. We're going to, let's read some more scriptures on this subject because you know. It's you know above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Okay, one of the ways the love of God is completed is when God He's loved us, He's done our part. But the way it's completed is when we go and we take that same love and we give it to someone else. That pleases God greatly. That's when it goes full circle. That's what God wants. And you know the Jews back then, and even some still today, they still like to throw rocks at people. Okay, you know they still want to stone people. I was talking about this yesterday. There was a place we went to in Israel where some of the most Orthodox Jews live. And they said, if, if you walk through that part of town and you're a lady and you're not dressed right, they will start throwing rocks at you and cursing you. And, you know, now you and I, we think that's terrible. You know, they should be more understanding. They should be more compassionate. Well, where do we get that from? We get that from the New Testament, don't we? You don't see a lot of that in the Old Testament. You see eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, don't you? And aren't we glad that, I mean, you know, really, if, if, if they did eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth over there today, there should be a lot of people walking around with eye patches and, you know, missing teeth. But anyway, uh, at the same time, you and I know that we, you know, it's a good thing we don't do that, but sometimes we still act the same way. Man, they did that to me. And God's, you know, I'll forgive them because I'm supposed to, but now God's going to get them. That's not the way it's supposed to work. The way it's supposed to work, we can take away that consequence. See, as go to Second Corinthians chapter two. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse eight. Sometimes I think we forget the authority that God has given us as believers here on earth. Okay, and I'm not saying I'm not going to do like I'm not going to do like a priest, and you come to me and say, "Hey, listen, I cussed out my neighbor yesterday." 
I absolve you of your sin. You know, go do a Hail Mary and you're all good. No, I can't, I can't forgive you, forgive your sin that you did to somebody else. Okay? You need to go ask them for forgiveness if you want that taken care of. But when it comes to what you've done to me, I can forgive that. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, Wherefore I beseech you that you would confirm your love toward him. For to this end also did I write that I might know the proof of you, whether ye be obedient in all things, to whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. You hear what Paul said? He said, anything you forgive people, I forgive them too. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. You see, he, he forgave it in the person of Christ. We have the authority to forgive people as a church. It comes from Christ. Okay, Christ is the head of the church and He has given us that authority that we can forgive people. And so if Brother Lonnie this week, he goes out and he's like, you know what? I got, I'm ticked off at Liberty Baptist Church and he puts an ad out in the paper telling us just how bad we are. says all kinds of horrible stuff. Everybody in town sees it. We get a bad reputation. We get a bad name here in town. You know what? He deserves to get kicked out of the church. I mean, we, he deserves to get voted out, thrown out. But you know, if he comes and he apologizes, we have the ability and the authority to say, we forgive you of your sin. And he, he can be restored in fellowship to the church. We have, we have that authority. And Paul said, hey, you forgive, I forgive him too. I forgave in the person of Christ. That's just what we do. It's automatic. That is our, that's one of our jobs. It's our authority. We have the ability to forgive the sins that people have done against us. And we're going to get sinned against as a church. You know, some of you all are going to sin against us as a church. You might go out one of these days and maybe lose your Christianity for a couple minutes. <laughs> I know you can't lose your salvation. I'm just, but I'm joking. Sometimes though, we get in the flesh, don't we? And people know you're from Liberty Baptist Church, and yet you have a bad testimony. You set a bad example. But you know what? We have the ability. We can forgive of those things. There's going to be things that you might do to somebody else here in the church. We have the ability, we have the authority, we have the power to forgive. God gave it to us. It comes from Christ. And it's a miraculous thing to be able to forgive sin and basically take the consequences away. I'm not saying we can take hell away from somebody. Okay, People go to hell because they've sinned against God. They've got to go to God for forgiveness. But things that people do to us, Okay? Things that people do to you personally or things that people do to us as a church, we have the ability to forgive us. And the Bible says, right here it says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. If we don't do that, we are opening the door for the devil to come in and to cause problems. You know why there's tension in many churches today and why there's bickering and gossip and complaining? Because of unresolved differences between people. Somebody got... So-and-so got mad at so-and-so, and they got mad at so-and-so, and they're friends with so-and-so, so since they're mad, you know, they got to be mad at them too, and everybody's fighting with each other. And boy, doesn't that do a lot for the Spirit in the church. Nobody's talking to each other. I mean, you know, everybody comes, and they just sit, you know, said, I think it was kind of a blessing that when we started the song service, there was only like three people in here singing. I mean, you know, y'all were fellowshipping and getting along. I'm not mad at you for that. Uh, I think I, th- I think that's a blessing. Uh, you know, don't do it on purpose every week. Uh, you know, we don't want to sing solos up here. But that, you know, it's not like that in every church. Some places you go, everybody's in their seat when they're, and nobody talks to each other. You know why? 
unresolved differences. You know, the singing was good this morning. I enjoyed the singing. But you know, when everybody's mad at each other, they don't feel like singing. It's not real good. There's not a lot of praise going on. There's not a lot of worship. Uh, not a lot of real prayer going on except them just, you know, Lord, please use this to get so-and-so right. Or, or, or you know, oh man, Lord, please help Pastor preach one of his mean sermons today. Maybe it'll finally run so-and-so out of the church. You know, no. Forgive. You're going to have to do that. We're going to have to do that to continue to, you know, do what we're supposed to do as a church to be able to move on. And if we don't, we are inviting the devil to come in and bickering, complaining, sorry attitude, sorry spirit. No fun, folks. No fun. I don't. I know. I don't want that. I don't. And trust me, you don't want it either. And so you're going to have to forgive people. And you can. Satan tells you you can't forgive them. No, they need to pay for what they did. And you know what? Yes, they do need to pay for what they did. But I can forgive it. I mean, it'd be nice. Like I said, you know, with the debts. You know, it'd be nice. You'd really feel like a big shot if you could just go and let people have whatever and use whatever they wanted. You know, I let y'all borrow my truck. I wish I was a big enough big shot to say, "Hey, just keep it. I don't need. I don't need it." I'm not that big of a big shot. All right, uh, I'm, I'm going to want it back. You know? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have that ability. My wife wouldn't appreciate it. You know, if, if I had us down to one vehicle. And but with forgiveness, we can do that. Hey, I can forgive you that. No big deal. You know, and that we ought to be excited about that. We ought to be thankful for that. I mean, we, that's better than being able to forgive a debt that somebody owes you, a, a monetary debt. To be able to forgive the sin that they've done against you, one that they deserve to maybe even die for. You know, in the, in the Bible, if somebody was accused, was falsely accused of something, whatever the punishment was going to be for that person, like let's say somebody accused me of murder. And the penalty is death. If you falsely accuse me of murder, you make up a story and you lie about me and it gets proven, you had to pay the consequences for what the charge was that you put on me. That's a pretty big deal, isn't it? So the eye for an eye, the tooth for a tooth, all those things. If we did that, I mean, boy, we could really do some damage on people, couldn't we? And it's sad because many Christian people, a lot of times, we dream more about the ability to just let tell somebody off that needs it. You know, we just dream about the opportunity where you can just punch them in the nose and just give them what's coming to them. That's what we think about. That's what we want to do when we have this amazing ability and this power and authority to say, you know what? Yeah, you did that. We're going to let it go. You don't owe me a thing. It's fine. We have that ability. And that ought that ought to excite us. But once again, people do, you know, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And yes, that applies to like if somebody does something to you and they don't admit they're wrong, they're not asking for forgiveness. You can't really give forgiveness when somebody's not asking for it, can you? You can't make somebody take that gift. Okay, you can have the forgiveness ready for them. You can have forgiveness in your heart, but until they ask, you really can't give forgiveness. Same thing works for salvation. God offers the gift of salvation to everybody, but people have to accept it to be able to actually get it. And well, you can't you know, you can't make people want forgiveness or make people ask for forgiveness. If they don't, God will deal with them. Okay, 
But we don't have to. We don't have to punish them. You know, there were some things in the Bible. There were certain things that they were to have. They happened. For example, if they found a dead body, and they couldn't figure out who killed it, there were certain things they had to do to figure out one who was you know accountable, what area it was in, and stuff. And then they would have sacrifices they had to make for that person that died because they didn't know who it was. But some payment had to be made. Somebody died. Somebody was murdered. And the truth is, when it comes to things that people do to us today, we don't have to make them pay. God would be mad at them if there was innocent blood and on their hands and nobody did anything about it. With us, we have the power to say, you know what? They're not asking for forgiveness, but you know what? I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to chase them down. I'm not going to hunt them down and kill them. I'm not going to hunt them down. I'm not going to break into their house and uh, you know steal back what they stole from me. We don't have to do that. As a church, we can we can let people get away with stuff in our mind, you know, maybe in our minds. We can let people sin against us. We don't have to take them out and make a public display of them and do all these things and it still be okay. We can just have that forgiveness ready and if they need to be dealt with, God can deal with them. But yet many times we say I forgive like we're turning them over to God for God to kill them. And that's not what the forgiveness is about. We have that ability that if not only if we forgive them, God does too. And and we ought to be excited about that. You can forgive people. And listen, Christ or forgiving forgiveness, it should just be an automatic thing. Go to James chapter 5 verse 13. I like how this is worded here. I like how he said this. But he says, "Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another that ye may be healed." The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Notice this person that's sick, how he said, you know, if he's committed sins, they'll be forgiven him. He's basically just instructing them, hey, if somebody is sick, okay, and they come to you and they're wanting healing, you get the elders of the church together and you go over there to pray for them. And he just says, if they've committed sins, they're forgiven. Forgive them. You can do that. You can forgive them of their sins. Notice it doesn't say if their sins are aren't so bad. You know, if they haven't done something, if it's not really bad, then you can forgive. Them. No, if, if they've committed sins, they'll be forgiven him. And I believe it's implied here that maybe they're confessing some of their sins. They're maybe admitting some things they did because you know it says confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. You know, if, if there's nothing wrong with us sometimes maybe getting together and saying, you know what, hey, I need help in this area. You know, I've struggled or say, hey, I failed in this area. I need help. Now, I don't think you ought to get up in church. People have done this in church before where they, please pray for me. I need the church to forgive me. And then they just start talking, confessing all their sins right there, things that we don't need to know about. But, you know, sometimes maybe with the elders in the church, uh, you might, you know, you maybe get with a few people. You don't need to do it public in front of everybody, especially in front of the kids, and say, "Hey, I am struggling in this area. I need you to pray for me." And you know what? We see here; it's just automatic. We're going to forgive. Okay? When people ask, 
you forgive. It's just automatic. Hey, if, if they've sinned, it shall be forgiven him. That's automatic. That just, it ought to just be natural instinct for us. Just reflex. Somebody says they're sorry. We forgive them. I mean, it ought to just be natural reflex. Even before they've said they're sorry, we've already got forgiveness in our heart. We're ready to give it. Why? Because listen, God asked us to do that and Jesus had every right to ask. Not just because He's God, but because He set the example Himself. He did it Himself. Ephesians 4.32 And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Do what Jesus did. He forgave you. You forgive other people. We have that ability. We have that authority. We have that power to forgive people of their sins. And that ought to thrill us. Because listen, don't you love it when your sins are forgiven? I mean, boy, you know, how would you like it if you know, we still did some of these practices like they did back then? Or, or let's just say even now. Okay? If you got busted for stealing something, I mean, we can call the cops on you and get you thrown into jail. And we have we would have that ability. And wouldn't it feel good if you just got forgiveness? Uh, stealing though, that, that's crossing a line. No, we actually can forgive that, can't we? We see some pretty wicked people in the New Testament that got saved, became Christians. Guys like Paul. You know, how how did Paul? get away with persecuting the church all that time like he did and becoming a leader in the church. The people in the church forgave him. You know, he he should have paid. He deserved to pay. But he didn't have to pay. And the people in the church didn't have to make him pay. They had the power, the ability, the authority to forgive him. And that should be our attitude. This is a privilege, folks. This is something that we ought to be excited about. We can forgive sins. We love when we're forgiven, but sometimes we're not real anxious to forgive other people. And that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for a Christian who's been forgiven of all their sins that they've committed against God. Sins that were worthy of dying and going to hell for, we didn't have to pay for those. We were forgiven of those things. And we ought to just be anxious. We ought to be anxious to forgive people. I mean, really, our attitudes as Christians... We ought to be walking around with a chip on our shoulder so somebody can knock it off and we can forgive them. <laughs> but you know, most people, they walk around with a chip on their shoulder so somebody can knock it off and they can get mad at them and tell them off and do whatever. That shouldn't be us. We ought to just be anxious wanting to forgive people. I mean, you have this... It's like a superpower. I mean, that's, that's the way you ought to look at it. It's a superpower that God has given us. We ought to want to use it. I mean, if you had superpowers you could fly, you'd take advantage of it. You'd use those things. Well, we have the power to forgive sins and we don't want to use it. You know why? Well, we Bible said in there, it said we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. Because we let Satan get it in our head that, you know what? We're better than everyone else. Those people deserve it. We've let him cause us to forget what Jesus Christ did for us. We've let him make forgiveness. Look at this thing that we are forced to do and that we have to do instead of something that we are able to do. And that should be our attitude and your lack of forgiveness of others. It will ultimately destroy you. When you fail to forgive, 
You miss out on many blessings. You won't enjoy church. You're not going to enjoy your family and friends. And worst of all, you're not going to get to enjoy the forgiveness of God. You know why? Because that's the one thing that will stop you from getting forgiveness is you not forgiving other people. We see it throughout the Bible. If you don't forgive others, God's not going to forgive you. That's the one thing that will stop you from getting forgiveness. And you sitting around stewing, getting bitter about things that have been done to you, things that maybe are just unspeakable, things that are unimaginable, things that should not have happened to you, understand, don't, don't sit around stewing thinking, I can't forgive that, it's too big. Praise God that He has given you the ability to forgive. You can, you can forgive them, whatever it was. And you're still going to be okay with God. In fact, you'll be more right with God if you do that. Romans 4, 7 saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed, happy. It means the same thing. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Boy, we love it when God does that to us. Why don't we start doing it to other people? Why don't we just make it automatic? You know, many times, I wonder how many people we don't witness to. Maybe because we're mad at them. Maybe they, maybe a family member, maybe a friend or a neighbor. And sometimes we just have this attitude, you know what, fine, they can just, they can go ahead and die and go into eternity in hell. I don't care. Well, what a terrible attitude that is. That certainly didn't come from Christ. That certainly isn't what He did with us. And so I, I hope you will practice this in your life. Why is there forgiveness? There is forgiveness because all sin was paid for on the cross by Jesus Christ. That is the only reason that God can forgive. That, and that is the only reason we can forgive is because of what Jesus did on the cross. And let's take advantage of this ability, this amazing gift, this power that God has given us, and let's just start doing it. Let's start being more loving to people. Having charity, okay? I mean, you're loving those who don't deserve it. Right? I mean, right there. The world needs a lot of forgiveness. The world's doing a lot of sinning against us. We have the ability to forgive, forgive that and to continue loving them, being a witness to them. We don't have to give people what they deserve. Thank God for that. So with that, let's all go ahead and stand together.